0: So we're doing an intro for, for this episode that we actually recorded last week. So this one's a week old, but uh, we're doing a little intro because we've got some things that we're going to mention. I made a little list up here on the board of things that we have to mention to the people. We won't mention money because money is too tight to mention. Oh, that's right. Yeah, we won't mention that. (laughs) But actually, we are going to mention money. (laughs) (laughs) Could you please have some and could you please uh, pay for at the LA Podcast Festival if you're coming. We're going to have a great poster that you might have sent on the uh, Facebook page uh, drawn by James Fosdite. We have to pay him. So if you could buy some of those posters, that would be really cool. And also um, the live stream to the LA Podcast Festival oh there'll be a t-shirt as well at the LA Podcast Festival of that and any leftover ones will be available at Estoy Merchandise afterwards so if you could buy one of those that'd be helpful seeing we're both flying over and yep. we need to pay for that as well yep. um, so money is too tight but we have mentioned it <laughs> Um I will say this about LA Podcast Festival you can watch the live stream for three weeks afterwards you can watch all the the podcast live but you can also watch the shows for three whole weeks afterwards so you can watch every show at the festival basically if you want to it's the
1: best value for money if you like podcasts it's the best value for money you're going to get because it's the best podcast coming together and Tofop, Uh available for a low low price of don't know I
0: think it's like twenty bucks. Yeah, twenty or thirty or something. I think it's but it's like it's But reasonable. that's that's that's, that's in that's,
1: this day and age, what can you get yeah. for that amount of money? You'll not, uh, trust me because I had that last year and I did not even watch all the podcasts. Like it was so much value for money. I didn't even get through all of them.
0: No, you were just like I've had my value for money's worth. It was like going. To, I'd be ripping them off if I watched it anymore. It was like
1: going to a, 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 a swagman style restaurant, whereas a buffet, and, right. you're, and you're like, and you don't eat anything all day because you're working your way up to it because you're like, I'm just going to fucking eat everything. But then, after about three or four courses, you start to get sweaty. Like you've beaten me, smuggler. And then you like crushed violet crumble on a pile of ice cream. I thought, <laughs> I thought I was going to get to you, but I had too many sausage rolls. I went too hard too early.
0: So <laughs> you, <laughs> I filled up on the cheesy bread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, all right. So that's what that's what we're going to talk about. But also, we're talking about the idea that. Uh, Tofop and Fofop are now separate podcasts. So, if you listen to the podcast on iTunes, uh, then uh, basically what you need to do is you have to resubscribe to Fofop, right? Yeah. If you want to listen to Fofop. Also, it'd be handy if you uh, wrote a, a review and stuff because I imagine I'm starting for, from scratch with that. So, mm. we debuted at number one <laughs> just based on the dumb metrics of the iTunes yeah, thing. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> It's amazing. <laughs> no episodes up, but uh, we debuted at number we, one.
1: We've sw- we've basically we've switched uh, our hosts. We are uh, now hosted by uh, Omni.
0: Uh, now does that mean we've cancelled like did they cancel is it like a phone company you know when like you change from like Telstra to Vodafone or whatever and Vodafone make sure that your Telstra business is all cancelled and shit like is our Libsyn business cancelled did our new server do that for we'll, us or do we have to contact we'll keep Libsyn our, we'll or keep, Libsyn is still going to be we're going
1: to keep our Libsyn open for another month just to aid the transition across
0: oh nice okay uh, um, and then what happens and then then we... we take Libsyn to the farm yeah and then we then, and we then we go into a room with Libsyn and a pillow yeah. <laughs> and we by Libson.
1: We take Libson down to a lake, we put them on a boat, we push them out, <laughs> and then we light an arrow and we fire it into them.
0: Yeah, Libson just walks out of the tent in the Antarctic and says, "I'm going for a walk on maybe a while." It's kind of a thing though. It's it's
1: it's it's a mutual it's a mutual breakup. I think uh, we've just grown it. they didn't see it coming. <laughs> yeah, they didn't see it coming, but we have grown apart. If we were honest, if
0: Libson was honest, we've grown apart. Well, the truth is that Libsyn doesn't really care about us. No. It's purely a financial relationship for Libsyn, if you know what I mean. 100%. Libsyn isn't in our corner, whereas our new server, Omni Studio... Yes. Omni with a Y. Yes. So if people want to like download the podcast, if you're not an iTunes subscriber, because this is the thing, like it's easy enough if you're on iTunes, you just yep. go and subscribe to Fop as well and you'll get those episodes just separately yep. now. We'll do regular Tofops and we'll do regular Fops. I've got a new one to go this weekend with Dave Anthony and Gareth Reynolds. It'll be up on the new Fofop on iTunes. But if you, so you can get it on Libsyn for the next month. Yeah. But but then, but or now, if or you now, want to transition. If you want to go to
1: omniapp.com, And just do a search. So, O-M-N-Y. Yes. Yes. A-P-P. Yes. OmniApp. Yes. OmniApp.com.
0: C-O-M.
1: I can't can't check your spelling (laughs) on punctuation marks. (laughs)
0: Dot. Don't spell that out. Just the dot.
1: Yeah. Uh, Full stop. OmniApp.com. And if you just search Tofop... uh, both TOFOP and fofup will be merged together, like the good old days. Yes. Um, so if you
0: like them still merged, yeah. If you're anti the breakup, if you're not, if you're anti segregation, right.
1: <laughs> <laughs>
0: i mean, basically introduced apartheid. <laughs> Into our podcast. Well, no, basically we've had like one of those, like the time travel thing, and that was the idea of like Tofop and Fofop and the guest Charlies while you were in this different world. It was like an alternate dimension. Fringe. Basically, the fringe of, right. of Tofop. Right. So basically what's happened is the interactions between our two dimensions, they have now they're not now done and those two eventualities just live themselves out separately yeah and you can choose if you're on omni (laughs) app where they're still
1: mashed in together that's right omni app is the multiverse where everything just uh, happens
0: concurrently um so why have we gone why why are we on omni app like if people go to omni app is it so i guess it's an app as well you can probably get it on your phone right you can get on this omni app came to us well we were courted. We've had a few people come to us and I didn't know who we should like talk to because yeah. people have lots of ideas Yeah. and I don't really understand those ideas. Yeah.
1: Well, let's just say that OmniApp explained it in a way in which I could understand.
0: <laughs> what got us across the line? Charlie understood most of what they said in the meeting.
1: I think I used the word Poindexter, Egghead and Brainiac. Uh, numerous times when I was trying to get them to explain things to me. No, I didn't say no. that. But um, We slowed down at the start. Slow
0: like, down point, Dexter. We're just looking... <laughs> whoa, 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 <laughs> Brainiac.
1: <laughs> we're looking to uh, uh, expand what Tofop can do in, in terms of like the kind of entertainment we bring you and how you get it and how we let people know about it as well. And Omni just has uh, some stuff in place which will make it easy for you guys to find Tofop online. Um, Libsyn was kind of like... Libsyn was the first car you ever bought. Uh-huh. It was a good car. It got you to work. Uh, you know, there's nothing wrong with it. You could maybe you got lucky while you're in that car.
0: Oh, absolutely. Yeah. I mean, oh, don't get me wrong. Uh, like it, that car was very good to Mark Maron. Yes. Oh,
1: yeah. Amazingly. <laughs> yeah. Amazingly. But occasionally you want like it's like when you get in a car that has like Bluetooth and you're like, you mean I can play music for my phone? Like there's no CD player. It's like oh, yeah, yeah, this is the future.
0: Oh, mate, it's like a car that already has the like the internet in it and you can just like, you well, know. There are those cars? Yeah. Oh. They're made with the internet. <laughs> they come with the internet already in it. You don't even have to plug anything in. And up until the point you're in one of those cars, you're like, how much of a big deal is it to plug my phone into yeah. the thing? I can do that. But yeah. the minute you're in one of those internet cars, you're like, fuck my phone yeah. and my stupid cord.
1: I think Omni's slogan is, we do internet better. <laughs> <laughs>
0: Uh, so, but that's the idea, right? These guys are kind of young guys. They're from they're Australia, Australian. and um, their kind of dream is to like make like the podcast world more accessible and get it out to more people. And the idea of us going with them is really that not only will the service be no different to you guys, but. Also uh, they are going to you know try to do some more inventive things in getting clips out and getting yep. the podcast out and yep. in a way that you know Libsyn weren't going to do for us. Will and I have never invested in any
1: kind of promotion <laughs> for this show and we think that maybe let's see what happens if we do. If we if we just get it out there a bit more. Not right, it's going, yeah. We're not we're not going to It's be been in- going pretty well while we've been keeping it secret. <laughs> <Yeah>. But <laughs> we're not going to be endorsing uh, any fast food products at this stage. but just more about more of a presence on social media and stuff. Cuz Look, here's the thing. Will and I are old. We're really old. We're, we're hanging mm. on by our fingernails to the internet. And it's changing really quickly. And we feel like we have to kind of get ahead of the game.
0: Well, basically, I guess uh, what we've realized in the sort of three and a half years of doing this podcast is that the only thing- Three that and a we- half years? F- well, how long is it? It's almost five. We said in 2010. Yeah, but you had that time off. Oh, right. This
1: podcast. Yeah, this yeah, podcast. Yeah.
0: Okay. Is like uh, that- or in the five years of us podcasting, okay, if you want to put it that way, is but I was kind of thinking talking about the two of us more than anything oh, yeah. is that we're barely competent at entertainment, <laughs> like we can barely provide the entertainment factor of these podcasts. So like really get them to you? Oh my god! Like seriously, five years and I'm still not sure how a sound check works. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Like five years, and I brought around two
1: mic stands so we could record our podcast. Oh yeah, that was going to be great. They don't have the the handle that holds the microphone on the stand.
0: Well, the screwy in bit—that's yeah. what they don't have. Yeah. yeah. So we, we spent about 15 <laughs> minutes with screwdrivers trying to take one. Like we, we are like you could get a bunch of monkeys in a room and they would do a better job of getting a podcast on the internet than yeah. us. So we've been thinking a lot recently about how we want to go forward with the podcast and we will talk more about the various ways we're going to try to enable that uh, coming up. But basically we're really excited about it and we'd love to kind of put more time into providing content for you guys. But what that really means is that we need to get some people around us in a team and in that TOEFOP sort of universe that will help us get it out there and get it to people and make our lives a little bit easier so that we can just kind of concentrate on providing content so when we ask you for stuff if and by the way our kind of aim with that stuff is always to keep the podcast free if you are the sort of person who can't afford the podcast like that's always our aim is with all these sort of things we want to be able to like travel with it we want to be able to do live shows we want to be able to do more interesting things with the podcast and whatever you know these crazy ideas with courtroom artists (laughs) and stenographers and you know fucking all legally (laughs) transcribs do you know what I mean like all these things that we're like thousands of dollars in the the hole because we are fucking morons who enjoy doing this we just need to find out some way to you know we need you to pay for our mistakes oh tofop <laughs> tofop pay for our mistakes the following episode of tofop is rated ma it may contain batman references time travel references sexual references lost trains of thought and mild course language TOFOP advises that the program is not suitable for anyone under the age of 15, or anyone who enjoys succinct, coherent conversation that might actually have a point. Minors must be accompanied by a parent, guardian or priest. This is John Deek speaking. There hasn't been any great advances in prison rape or space travel. That's awesome. Is it a gritty reboot? We've been talking about Batman, like usual. (laughs) World was like It's free, you know. I traveled through time. Totally. Totally. Have sex with happy lights. Put you on a lazy Susan. <laughs>
1: it's a <Tofop> fact. <laughs> the father of the barn and the holy toast. Fire up the fucking flux capacitor. Let's get guns. <laughs> now this is ToeFop. Everyone relax. This is ToeFop. I'm Charlie Clausen. I'm Will Anderson. Hello. And this is kinda the sequel to our first conversation. Although you may be hearing this a week later, this is only moments later for us. What's your favourite sequel film? Not part of the
0: series, but the second film. Oh, but it, can it have other films that have gone on? Like, does Empire yeah, Strikes yeah, yeah. Back count yeah, as a yeah. sequel? Yeah, of course. The, the best number two film in your mind. Uh, okay, so uh, Empire Strikes Back, The Godfather Part 2 has got to be there, obviously. Um, the Dark Knight like, yeah. has to be like right up there, I imagine, in like best second films of all time. Um I would say oh, grown ups too. get a Bernie's too much superior. Paul Blart, when Bernie was a was zombie in the second one. I mean that's yeah. that's a he really responded to voodoo place. music. Highlander two, where it just made no sense in the Highlander universe, and then they ignored it for Highlander three, like I, it had never happened. I had
1: uh, Gatesy on. Uh, that's awesome, and he was waxing lyrical about Highlander two to the point where, where we finished the podcast. We put it on. I was like, all right, all right. I've got to see what the fuss is about. It it starts amazingly. The opening shot is a crane shot in this beautiful... It starts outside a theatre in Berlin, I'm assuming. You go into this theatre. Everyone's wearing tuxedos and ball gowns and stuff. It floats up one shot through the crowd. Float, float, float. Then it turns around and then you find Christopher Lambert is wearing this old man makeup. The camera pushes in and then it all turns to shit. (laughs) Like, it's the most amazing opening shot <laughs> of then like it's like getting a blowjob and then looking down and seeing you're actually <laughs> fucking a bag of garbage you know? maybe they
0: hadn't seen the budget so they shot like yeah, on the first day like this is gonna like. be like a 300 million dollar film and then they got to the second day and they're like "Okay, hey, uh we got some bad news guys we've sent we've spent 90% of the budget day. Yeah. <laughs>
1: <laughs> They had like, that was the first night of shooting. They shot the opening scene and they were so happy they had a party to celebrate
0: how <laughs> okay, great it was. It's like we're running out of caviar, more caviar, more everything.
1: Uh, Russell, we just checked the uh, budget and we're broke. <laughs> okay, well, forget all the other uh, scenes we're going to set in the mountains. From now on, they're aliens from another dimension who uh, knew each other in our dimension. <laughs> Russell, you, you realize you're completely undoing the entire mythology. <laughs> I know, I know, but I've got to pay for the rap
0: party as well, so. He's still eating caviar the whole time. I mean, that is th- still shoveling remaining caviar into his mouth as he makes this statement. It, that is, like, the, the, I reckon the
1: Matrix revolution, what's the second one? Matrix Reloaded uh, almost did as bad a job of fucking up. A mythology that works so beautifully in the first film. Like, the Highlander is great because right. you understand it. These are, like, uh, you know, randomly selected immortal people who have to duel each other. There can be only one. There can be only one. The second film says, Oh no, they're not like Oh it turns out there humans. can be more than one. No, they're what they they're say. Aliens from it, another place. They're not aliens from another dimension <laughs> who are like fighting some kind of political there's some confused like, you know Uh, intergalactic bureaucracy going on, like there's some
0: confusion of a land or something like that. Well, essentially, isn't that what George Lucas did with the Star Wars films when they made the original, like the one, two, and three ones? Essentially, it's like midi-chlorians and intergalactic politics. Star (laughs) Star Wars prequels took their own mythology.
1: Right. The Force, which is one of the greatest, most, uh, uh, what do you call it? Not like a non-sequitur. It's like a a MacGuffin. Like you don't need to know what the Force is. It's just like the mystery. Yeah. And then they say it's actually a blood disease. <laughs> it's
0: like it's. Hang on, are you saying that the force is like herpes? <laughs> is that what the new mythology of Star Wars is? Because then the other thing it seemed really no, cool.
1: You don't want to mess out. You don't want to mess around with Susie Smith because she'll oh, give you babe, the force. She's got the force.
0: <laughs> I mean, it's mouth force. It's not like General's force, but it's fucking force nevertheless. <laughs> I can't stop scratching my nuts. Got the oh, force. Mate, when you get the general force, you'll know it because your dick glows fluorescent in the dark when it's hard. Well, I did hear a story from someone that the reason why the Wachowskis
1: made they didn't want to make the sequels, but Warner Brothers said we're going Use to make some money. Well, yeah, we're going to make them without you. So, and they were like, well, maybe well, we, maybe no, we
0: can hey. squeeze out. Hey, what? No, that's what I'm. That's oh. what I feel like. They would have been like, hey, but we made this really cool film and it's like one-off and we don't want to do another one because we don't want to fuck up the mythology of it. Hey! That's what I think. that Why was would you me. ask us to do that? Why would you?
1: Come on, guys. And then you hear this beep, 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 beep. Oh, okay. And a truck door opens. <laughs> <We're> just like <laughs> piles of money. Okay, well, I
0: guess we could do another one. Right, you could take this blue pill... Which contains artistic integrity, <laughs> or you could take this Red bill, which contains millions of dollars.
1: Yeah, they're in, they're interesting with because I've been quite into their show Sense Eight, which when I, I I tell
0: people how about do you it, spell it,
1: it's sense as in smell, yep, and then the number eight, eight, Sense Eight, yes, yeah, numeral eight, right? Um, but the the people in the show who are Sense Eights are spelled. S E N S E N S A T E I think. Sensate. Sensate. Yeah. Like sensational. Something like that. Yeah. They're 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 <laughs> our footy dads. Sensational, mate. Now you uh, are you in touch with those people on the other side of the planet? they sensational, mate. mate?
0: You're a sen- mate. you're a sensate. They're sensate. The sensate, mate. Couldn't be more sensate. Um, but the show is. I listen to them on my favourite sports radio station. S E N site Triple one, six. That's the site. Yeah, this show... Very specific joke.
1: <laughs> but if you get it, you'll love it. Yeah. <laughs> uh, this show is so like ambitious. And, and so the basic premise is that... What's the premise? It's There's eight people... Uh, around the world, who become an event happens and it connects them psychically so they can sort of communicate with each other. Okay.
0: And so, so are they just ordinary people or are they people of some
1: all dark? walks of life? Okay, there's randomly Charlie and the chocolate
0: factory style.
1: That's right. And so, you're on all these different continents. So, there's like they're all they all speak English, but that's because in the world of the senseate, you can understand all language, all languages like a babel fish, like a babel fish. Yep, we're just going to echo each other.
0: We're just going to echo each other. From now on. Okay. No, it's not about this drama game. Okay, sure. <laughs> um, <laughs> so
1: it's really complicated. Like it, I couldn't explain it quickly, but basically these people are connected and they, in the first series is <laughs> about them coming to realise that they're connected. And So you know, don't, they don't uh, immediately understand that they're connected? No, that's the weird thing. The show takes about four episodes and they don't try and explain it to you. Like you just are like, I don't understand what's going on. Like people start having these kind of shared experiences and, it really takes a while because they're telling these, they literally shoot it all over the planet. So there's all these different like backgrounds and stories. And what you realize after about four or five episodes is that each storyline is a different genre of film. And it takes a while to get the rhythm of it because you literally go from like farcical sex comedy to kind of like, you know, uh, hard bitten cop drama to, you know, romantic comedy, all
0: this kind of different genres. But they all sort so of So is mix it like together. a metaphor for like combin like is that what the there sensei is, thing is? Like a metaphorical for combining all those genres into one sort of piece or something? Is that what they're doing? There's
1: definitely the cause they're Wishowski, so there has to be yeah. a philosophical element they, And is
0: it, but there is a commentary on is there a commentary on the art form itself? That well
1: not no, not not specifically. It's more a it's a bigger question of we're all connected, it's all circular and you know, birth and life and birth and life. But they, the first episode they talk about DMT and ayahuasca and the idea of like a kind of uh, uh, like an energy, a connection that runs through the planet and stuff. And I'm like, hmm, I wonder where Shawski's went with this I idea. mean, I, just, I
0: guess they I just got that off Wikipedia. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I imagine. They listen to a lot of Joe Rogan. Because here's the thing. I, I mean, we know some people who've done DMT and those people don't stop fucking banging on about it. And by those people, I mean me. But, like, you know, like, it is one of those things that makes you want to make. There's a few things I've seen since like my experiences with that that have got, that I look at and I go, you know what? I feel like this was, you know, really influenced by like you know someone who's like done DMT or like been, you know, in, on ayahuasca or whatever that is, because there are certain images or ways that you're played with that connectiveness or that idea mm. that are very present in that experience. Yeah. So I can imagine, of course. Like, I mean, you look at the art of the '70s or whatever it was so ex- like influenced yeah. by the psychedelics. <laughs> then, of course, that's going to be influenced if this is what modern day people are doing and what people are doing on that adventure into their own mind. Of course, it's going to be reflected back in their yeah. art I imagine but it's also it's
1: it's common for them as filmmakers like you look at Cloud Atlas as a similar theme of like you know time repeating and connection and that kind of stuff and what the thing about this show which the reason I like it it's it's a bit of a mess but they are trying to do something that you would never see on another show or in major network like this is why I think it's in the second episode or maybe the first episode. There's a transgender character. Uh-huh. One um, of the Wachowskis is transgender. That's though, right. right. And, uh, and so, because one of the sensates lives in San Francisco and is transgender. And so it is a very, um, it's this, uh, it's, it's a very uh, honest Betrayal of the transgender community. Like she's a transgender person, but that is not what defines her. Right. She's just a person who's on the run from the government.
0: Because that's where like we are at the like. I mean, I mean, she talks about it. There is a point it, in popular culture where the first time that person is introduced to you, their entire storyline is about being black or being Asian yeah. or being disabled or being whatever. But the point in our evolution where hopefully we get to, or mm. that we're working towards, is where those things are. Only one aspect of their yeah, yeah. their character, and they're not defined I mean, by I, that. I think they do something deliberately in
1: the show which makes you go, "Oh my god!" Like and make and it forced you to kind of ask yourself, like, "Oh, what are your prejudices and stuff?" Because when we were watching it, I was like, oh, that girl." I think I think that's a guy. I think that's a guy. And I was like, "Okay." And then there's a scene, and it's they have this they do these sort of montages of that sort of show all the shared experiences. And so there's a sex scene, and when you float into that girl's house. She and her girlfriend are having sex, and you're like, "Oh my god!" And then they finish having sex, and the girlfriend takes something off, and she throws it to the ground, and the camera sees a strap-on dildo, boom, hit the ground covered in lube. And I was just turned to Gemma, and I was like, "You would never ever see that on any
0: other show." And even no matter what I think of this show so far, I mean, it'd be an interesting episode of like you know, Ramsey's Kitchen Time. <laughs> <laughs> But like, I think that
1: was a definite kind of challenge to the audience. So well, we're going to show you something that is, is fairly confronting
0: and it, but it's also representative of like, here's the interesting thing for me. I actually, sometimes like I really get frustrated with the world at how little we progress and how little we seem to progress, but at other times, boo! but at other times, <laughs> you stop playing the victim. But at the other other times I'm slightly amazed by it. within the course of us doing this podcast the way that people and we within this podcast talk about transgender issues and have an awareness of transgender issues and like are a little bit more aware of like how to talk about them and recognize them It's happened in the last few years, but it's happened pretty quickly when it's happened. Now, obviously, Caitlyn Jenner, like Bruce Jenner, and a few of those, like, you know, examples have, like, you know, RuPaul, I guess, and, like, people like that. But it's amazing to me that we have, you know, got there this quickly, you know, and I think it's great. I I think it only makes us better people, you know, like, and it's – but it is interesting to me to see something like that when you allow artists who are – who have those experiences to then share those experiences in an honest way. I think that most people's reactions are like yours where you like, you get challenged by it and you get confronted by it and you're like, okay, cool. This is, and now you're fine. Yeah. Right. And that, and that's,
1: and once you kind of get over it, that's why I think they deliberately put it in it because they're forcing you to get over it. You know, you, they're going to show you something pretty extreme. Right. Which is not necessarily representative
0: of that community, but it's like this is this right. But this is the thing story. that happens. This yeah. is a like for so, this character. Yeah, yeah. We're not saying that all tran- transgender people or transsexuals or whatever, like you know, the appropriate language to use in that situation is yeah. fuck like this. But these people who happen to like this yeah. person who happens to be transgender fucks like this. Well, the
1: opposite of that is like I was talking to someone else about this. Jack um, and Jill. No, no. Mel- <laughs> Do you remember when Melrose Place started in the 90s? Oh, yeah. And the big thing about it was like, we're inclusive. We have a black female character and we have a gay guy character. Yeah. And the gay guy character on that show, you would not know he was gay. Right. Apart from the fact that he never had a girlfriend. But he just kind of was like one of the straight guys, but I seem to a girlfriend.
0: Remember, <laughs> I seem to remember, wasn't there an AIDS? They would have done some AIDS. Oh, yeah, I'm like, sure. There would have been. There was probably, I think, there's a
1: gay bashing episode, and yeah. because if you did a gay character in the, in the late '80s, early '90s, but
0: this is what I mean. Like the only times they ever nodded to the fact that he was actually gay were to do those kind hot of cliché go-to hot buttons yeah. of
1: issues. But they don't do that in this show, which is... And there's, like, there's, there's one scene, too. Like, if, if I didn't sell you with the dildo...
0: Also, I so. love how illogical, like, you know, extrapolating from the one person you know who is something to for that to be everyone. Like, you know, like, I know a Mexican guy who's lazy, so all Mexican guys are yeah, lazy. Yeah, yeah. I like the idea that the only transgender people, the, the person that a lot of people know, is, like, uh, Bruce Jenner, Caitlyn Jenner. Yeah. So now people are like, oh, transgenders, you know they're all world-class decathletes, right? <laughs> (laughs) yeah you know so many transgenders here all with their own reality shows (laughs) hang on what I don't know if you know what a transgender person is (laughs) yeah it's a really rich celebrity right (laughs) no no but yeah I find that stuff really interesting and I, I like when it's reflected you know in the art by people who can actually tell the stories. If that,
1: if the um, dildo scene doesn't sell you on this series, I think about halfway through they do a. It feels like a five-minute orgy montage, where some of the characters is it basically what they wanted that rave scene from? Yes, it's a like that, but with fucking. It's like that, but more interesting because you. It's quite because like, of fucking. Yeah. <laughs> But basically, I think. In, what is more I, I think in the story, some of the characters. So, in when you're a sensate, like, if I'm listening to a song and I'm plugged into my other sensates. Now, you how, do you, start, how do you
0: plug into them?
1: Well, that, that in this series, they're learning their powers. Okay. So, as the audience, we're learning with them. So, it's, it's still not 100%. Okay. There's, there's, uh, there's two things. You can visit someone, which. If I was to visit you as a sensate, it would be like I'm in the room with you and like now we're talking okay. so you can see so me. So we could podcast. I can look around. Yeah, we could podcast we're sensates. <laughs> Fuck. Oh, that would make it so much easier. But no, we couldn't yeah. podcast because if Amy was in the room now, she wouldn't see me. If she came in now and was sensating, she wouldn't be able to see me. Only you can see and hear me. A bit like the guy from uh, Quantum Leap. <laughs> <laughs> You know the guy, Dean Stockwell.
0: Yeah, I know. Um uh yep.
1: Yeah, so you can visit someone. Ziggy. No, Ziggy was the computer. You can choose to visit someone, but like that requires like concentration. And when we visit, like I feel what you're feeling and you know, I can feel the room and if it's cold or warm or whatever. Okay. And then the other thing you can do is you can just I think it's you just share emotion or you share just Emo- it's like text
0: emojis. Me- it's like the text message. You would emoji people. Yeah. You communicate it's the emoji through emoji the sensor. Yeah.
1: So there's uh, like there's a sequence where one of the girls is listening to her headphones and then all the characters, no matter where they are, hear the song and, you know, blah, blah, blah. But they do it for this sex scene, but they kind of intercut it with not every sense that is having sex, but they're doing sex-like activities. So there's uh-huh. quite a funny sequence where this cop, him and his mate are working out and they're lifting weights and they um juxtapose that with this gay couple having sex these two guys having sex in bed so it's like the two <laughs> friends hanging out like pumping each other up and like you know slapping their biceps and then cutting to someone slapping so it's quite That's clever fine. in that way yeah but it goes on for five minutes and it's like it's predominantly a gay orgy it's mainly like <laughs> dudes mostly guys and then the transgender girl is in there as well and one woman, like it's insane. Like it, I honestly, it, it was the second
0: time the series made me go. I wouldn't. Women never... still underrepresented, though. Yeah, Here's the thing: 100%. women still can't get a fucking break. Yeah, that's right. Even in an orgy, still a glass ceiling. <laughs> in a Wachowski orgy, there's a glass ceiling.
1: Yeah, it covered was, in spoof. It was a. It's a. It was an interesting scene. But you're right. It's like it's like the Rays scene from the Matrix, if they'd been allowed
0: to do what they wanted to do, which was like, well, if it was three hours later. Yeah. Like you know, later on when they you but you don't want to sit, you don't want to sit. You know what? Hours now later. that the kids are in bed, mm. the shit can get real. How yeah. we really want it to be. Um, we were speaking about movies, and we actually were talking about it while we were off here. And uh, I there is a story that I've told on the podcast, but I don't believe you. I've told you we were talking about Quentin Tarantino. Yeah, and uh, I. Went and saw David O. Russell's um, American, American hustle. hustle. American Hustle by David O. Russell. Yeah. Um, and What's all the fussle? What's the David fussle? O. Russell. <laughs> David O. Russell. That's what he says yeah. whenever he arrives at an event. What's all the fussle? I'm, I'm just David, David, David O. Russell. Russell. He, have you heard have of you my movie? American Hustle? hustle? hustle?
1: <laughs>
0: <laughs> you want to fight, huh? Well, I love to tussle because I'm David O. Russell. <laughs> <laughs> all right. Uh, I think that's all of them yeah yeah <laughs> Tussle did we do Tussle yeah we did detour. I just did okay. that okay alright no push all. Right. <laughs> uh, <Bushel. laughs> uh, former Australian did the Gustav Nussle <laughs> <laughs> I think he was Nussle anyway <laughs> but I uh, anyway I went and saw American Hustle at um what's the name of that uh, nice uh, cinema there in los angeles california it's the uh Arclight, the ArcLight cinema and um have you been to the ArcLight? light yep. you know they come out at the start they make the little speech and stuff and uh yeah they uh, bring out
1: two caged fighters they lower the thunderdome and it's uh two men into
0: one man leave I would love it. Two ushers enter, one usher leaves. (laughs) Yeah. Fight to death in the (inaudible) (inaudible) archive. Every night before (inaudible) (inaudible) Mad (inaudible) Max (inaudible) Fury (mumbles) Road. Featuring live fights to the death between ushers. (laughs) (inaudible) Getting people back to movies. Beyond Usher Dome. (laughs) Yeah. You can't get that in your living room on your Blu ray. Yeah, it's true, actually. So, um, all right. So I went to see the movie. I like to, as you may know. But I like to sit in the when I'm at the movies. I like everybody else in the movie to be behind me. I don't have to sit in the front row, but whatever the front row is that there is no one in, I want to be in that row. I don't like anyone in front of me in the movies. So, um, I booked a ticket in like the front row, and so basically, like I could, you can go on the computer, you know, you can you pick which seat you want to sit in, and. I wanted to sit like in the middle, in the front row, because obviously the closest you are, the more you need to be in the middle. But there was already two tickets booked, like in the middle, two seats. So I thought, fuck, there's no one else in any of the other seats. But is it like, is it weird to like book <laughs> next my to the ticket? Couple. Well And I you I couldn't sit next to them. Yeah. But I thought, even is one over even too close when it's only the three of you? And in you one know
1: row? that if if those tickets are already booked that they would have, when they made their booking, there was no guy planted four seats away. So they would know that you saw them there and still chose to sit four seats away.
0: Absolutely. Like, not only <laughs> like am a I, weirdo. Not only am I fucking up there I'm now, I'm already calling the police. But know...
1: Officer, this guy in a dais hat, uh, I'm pretty sure uh, he, he did this on purpose. Uh, he's sitting four seats away and he's staring at us. He's, uh, he's saying I can get some of his popcorn. Well, I'm just going to reach into his tub of popcorn, assuming that... <laughs> Nothing bad. Well, oh my goodness. He seems to drop a hot dog into his popcorn. Sir, sir, you've dropped your hot dog.
0: And that's a... Well, that's no hot dog. People are getting (laughs) annoyed. That's a 911 call. (laughs) There's people in the background going, get off your phone. (laughs) (laughs) Try to watch the movie. Did you not see what the minion said about turning off your phone? (laughs) Uh, Okay. So, how far away do you think is the appropriate amount of seats? Four seats. Okay. So, I sat... I left 2 in between. So whatever that is. You're a
1: fucking serial killer. That's what I'm thinking.
0: I thought 2 was enough. Like 1's too close. Like obviously none is way Four. too close.
1: 4 is enough.
0: No, but then one I'm like, body length. But then I'm, I'm So if you leap at me with a syringe,
1: like I've got more time to beat you to the ground.
0: Hey, don't get weird with me. I'm the appropriate syringe leap legs away. <laughs> This is the approved government <laughs> syringe yeah. leap length. Yeah. Four seats. Yeah. I thought I could leave two spare. That's like a, one, that's a buffer plus a how respectful busy, the, buffer. How
1: busy was the cinema?
0: I mean, it was opening night, so there was probably- Oh, a, okay, sure. There that's was a fine. lot of that's people. That's fine then.
1: That's fine. Two on an opening night. I thought oh, yeah, they thing. weren't
0: down there by themselves. I thought it might have been the middle of the day or something like that. Oh, no, I understand if they were like, you know- it was a bus and there was only two people in the back corner and I went and sat on the other <laughs> chair across from there. That's what I thought you were doing. It's weird and appro- <laughs> inappropriate. No, there was a lot of people in there. Okay. That's why – because I don't want to sit in the front row necessarily. I want to sit in the row that's in front of everybody else, but it was full up until that point. <clears throat> the front row, though, was empty otherwise. So I sat two seats away. <laughs> but then as it, the lights are going down a little person's making their speech and stuff, not a little person, just that person um, – Either way, anyway, whatever. So, <laughs> so Peter Dinklage comes out and does a little speech. Says, "Welcome to the does little- Dome. <laughs> does an appropriate speech. I don't want a little speech. It's like the same length as anybody. Anyway, whatever. So, well, is it the same length as everyone else's, or is it, it <laughs> I mean, we've got better about transgender people, but... The little people, they're, little people. they're, they're weird magical. The little transgender people probably is the very much discriminated against group. But no. So, uh, the person comes out and does their speech. I'm sitting in the front row, four or five from centre, which is not where I want to be. I want to be as close to centre as possible. But, you know, of course, those two people, I want to be respectful of them. But here's the thing, Charlie. The person's making their speech. Nobody's sitting in those seats. Yeah, right. They're empty. They're empty. Maybe these people aren't coming to this movie, right? Uh, Previews start playing. People aren't there. Now, suddenly I'm like, how long into the movie?
1: Okay, I'll tell you exactly where. Lights go down for your film. They bring up like the first studio logo, you know, some animation. Yep. There's a second studio logo, animation. A so-and-so production, when they go into the... First title after that, whether it's the name of the film or a so-and-so directed film, that's when you go. Right. So probably four beats after the first title credit for that production company.
0: Well, I think that's actually a pretty good uh, timing. So there's because- enough because yeah, there's enough dark light that you can get in there, and no one's going to see. And okay, so here's what happened. As I was, first title comes up. Yeah. Second title comes in. Uh, good. Up, right? Yeah. And then the third one would have been like, you do, know, so and so. I, uh, I love a tussle, I'm hustle, hustle, I'm David O. Russell production. <laughs> Look at my muscle. Look at my muscle. My best friend's name is Russell. Yeah. Uh, that doesn't really rhyme with O. Russell, but it's O. Russell and Russell. Yeah. That'll do Beer, I love to gussel. <laughs> <laughs> do you want know to rhyme and say Gustav Nussle bye, you guys? <laughs> so. As that's about to happen, so one beat away from when you said that I could appropriately move, some people have come in in the dark, by the cover of darkness they have gone in and they've sat in those two seats. Uh, we're about a quarter. And you're like, "Hey, do you want some popcorn." <laughs>
1: <laughs> if you feel something in there, it's fine. I, just dropped, a hot, I dropped a hot dog in there <laughs> earlier. <laughs>
0: In fact, if you could just if you could try to get it out. If you could try and get it out
1: and then put it back, (laughs) and then try and get it out, put it back and out, and back and out and back back and out and back back and out And there might be some
0: extra butter on the popcorn after that, but (laughs) Butter and salt, the perfect cover. So we're about (laughs) Butter and salt, the perfect cover. The Will Anderson story. We're about 15, 20 minutes into the film. Uh, there is one joke. The movie's going really well. It's like, it's Hollywood. It's opening night. David O. Russell, he's popular, you know what I mean? Uh, but there is a joke about 20 minutes in that I think is hilarious. And I have a distinct laugh, and I'm there by myself watching a movie, and I may or may not be medicated, right? And I enjoy this joke a lot, and I laugh really loudly. And I realize. That I'm the only person laughing in this entire like quite full cinema, apart from one other person who is the person seated three seats across from me in the dark. About another 20 minutes in, same scenario eventuates. Me and this dude enjoy this one joke together. Now I'm like, I'm intrigued, right? I am like, who is this guy? I want you to take my popcorn. It happened. Why? I lost my hot dog. Why <laughs> won't you? Here, I printed out these I'm missing a hot dog posters. <laughs> they were on all the polls outside the cinema. Have you not seen these? I've been planning this for months. Um, I call it the American hustle. So uh, it happens a third time and I'm like, well, fuck this shit. I've got to see who this guy who's enjoying these jokes the same amount as I am. Now, if you've been following along closely, you'll realise that what I'm about to tell you is that person was quentin tarantino whoop whoop me and quentin tarantino me and qt three seats apart sitting there enjoying david o russell's movie in the same places like we were having a private screening up at quentin's place in the Hollywood Hills like he invited me over mm-hmm. cuz he so saw my short and then so and like, into No the because you know like he's like into like, like obscure own. things he loves Australian stuff he loves Aussie taste and John Jarrett and John Jarrett did Glasshouse so he's probably deep in a John Jarrett Google hole one night like googling heaps of Jarrett stuff that he loves and he comes across this show called The Glasshouse and he's like this is weird this is like crazy I kind of like this and he's like oh my god this guy does a podcast and he starts like listening to the podcast and he's kind of like jamming on the podcast and he loves Kevin Smith you know right and they, they're they friends and he's like Kevin has a podcast and you know what I'll invite Kevin and this guy over to like watch a movie at my house we'll get a David O Russell film in I love his muscle David O Russell that's how that happens mate okay and I mean uh, that's how that could have how happened how long have
1: you been having these thoughts Will
0: I mean I'm not saying it happened I'm just saying that's how it could have happened like we have what happened when you looked at him do you look back I mean, not really. I mean, he's probably less impressed to meet me than I am to meet him. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah, maybe, potentially. <laughs> I mean, I can't imagine there's many situations where it would be reverse. It's a stretch, man, but I think, yeah. Is there I any maybe situation where people didn't... would be happier to meet me than they would be to meet Quentin Tarantino? Most situations, I would say. No, happier. Happier
1: to meet Quentin than
0: you. Yeah. So I'm asking you, Yeah. is there any situation, basically the reverse of what you thought. So is there any situation where someone would be happier to meet me than they would be to meet Quentin Tarantino? Any situation?
1: Oh, yeah. Like if they weren't very smart or cool or, you know, like really boring, their interests were kind of lame. Yeah. when they didn't set the standards
0: very high in terms of what they consumed for entertainment. But um, even then, you'd still be more impressed to meet Quentin Tarantino than me. Like, even if you had low standards, <laughs> your standards would just be further exceeded by meeting Quentin Tarantino. With the, like, if your standards are so low that you're like, oh my God, I met Will Anderson, that's excited. You're still going to be more excited to meet. Quentin Tarantino, right? Oh, I don't know. Or is there people who there'll be some people too have... much excitement? there be there be. There'd be fans. <laughs> I can't handle an actual celebrity. No, no. What I need is some local celebrity. There would be fans of yours
1: who have a very narrow entertainment prism. So just say, <laughs> like, <laughs> big shout out to everyone.
0: No, but they're, they're
1: conceivably, and I don't know what kind of idiot this would be. <laughs> But conceivably, there is a that's person a who's a big fan of yours because of your stand-up, uh-huh. and they love all stand-up, and that's what they do. They just live, breathe, and they live, breathe. And what's the other one? Eat? No, just they live stand-up. Live and No, breathe. They don't live it because I think they live, they live eat breathe. and breathe. Eat and stand-up. breathe. Right. So they do eat stand-up and drink. It's very bad for
0: you. Eat, <laughs> Stop drink eating and stand-up. Just you know what? It's actually very paleo. <laughs> <laughs>
1: uh, so that person conceivably could just be more interested like Dave Hughes and Will Anderson and Rove and they're sure. the celebrities in their okay. mind. They're the big fans of yours. Like there's people that I've met who are fans of home and away that I'm like, are you like, this can't be the best thing that's ever happened to you because it's not the best thing. I mean, that's just, if I am a standard by which, other people are kind of measuring their happiness, then I need to be better at what I do.
0: No, I. but I know what you mean, actually. Because I have been excited to meet people. Like, when I have met various people from the television show Top Chef, like, if I've gone to their restaurants or I've, like, I ran into one of the contestants at a bar one night, like, my connection to people who've been involved in that show is so intense and so crazy because like people, it's, uh, yeah, I guess you know, and I love it because yeah. I love that show. And I always get excited when there's any connection to the television show Top Chef. Every time I'm in a Top Chef town, <laughs> I go and eat at Top Chef restaurants. And to me, that's really And the difference fun. is
1: between me and you is that when you see someone that you like, you will go up. Whereas I hardly ever find the courage to go up to someone like Lenny Hayes, I think, was the last person I went up and approached
0: and you know, asked if so I could get a photo on. Second, uh, Lenny Hayes mentioned in two podcasts in a row. What, 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 we talked about Lenny in the last podcast uh, as we? well. Yeah. I've seen so, so long ago. Uh,
1: but, yeah, that's the last person. But I've been out <laughs> with you. Remember Edgar Wright? We were at that uh, place in LA, the <clears throat> yeah, coffee, the coffee bean, bean or whatever. Yeah. And Edgar Wright, and you went up and said, good day to Edgar yeah. Wright. And
0: I'm always like... Well, you're afraid that you will get the reaction from someone like that that I got from Edgar Wright. <laughs> <laughs> well, <laughs> Which was fucking nothing. But I don't care. Well, I, I, No, you know what? I didn't care because it wasn't really about – I just wanted to say to him that I really love his stuff. Well, and the weird thing is, like – and this is – I've gone into this a couple of times with people. It's like my Joss Whedon thing mm. where I was at oh, – Anyway, so we'll do this first. Edgar Wright um, – I've actually met previously we I, we interviewed him on the radio uh, when Shaun on the Dead first came out we had a really good time um, I kind of vaguely knew Simon Pegg more through other comedians but like you know he knew that I was a comic so we had that kind of vibe and that thing and then we've run into him at that coffee bean and I think if he remembered that or if it had the perspective he probably would have treated me very differently but there's no way of doing it previously on our relationship no, no, no. hey I know that I look like a real weirdo who's just come up to you while you're trying to get coffee. Probably you're not in a great mood, you haven't had a coffee yet, and you're just sitting like you're here, and now this fucking... He wasn't rude, though. No. Oh, no, he wasn't. But I'm just trying to put in that perspective of, like, I get all that. Yeah. Like, I get that, like, this was not the situation. And I'm certainly not going to burden you down with trying to explain that, you know, no, 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 no I'm not a weirdo. But it happened with Joss Whedon as well. You know, I hosted that thing with Joss yeah. Whedon at the Sydney Opera House and we got along really well. And then I was at a party at Tim Minchin's place and I said g'day to him and got nothing. And I was like, we
1: were friends. <laughs> so, but at least, at least you go up. Like, when I was on my holiday, I think I've told this story in TOFOP before, but in the 2009 AFL Grand Final, I didn't have tickets to see my beloved Saints play. Yes. And the way I got my tickets was I was at an AFL function like four days before the grand final. And you sucked Andrew Demetrio's dick. (laughs) Which was worth it, no. Um, I was introduced to Gil McLaughlin by the head, the president of the Brisbane Lions. And because I didn't have a ticket, I was telling the president of the Lions, oh, you know, uh, do you know anyone who could get me in? And so he was going to give me his ticket. So Uh, he pulled Gil over to say. Why, though, was he going to? Give me his ticket. Yeah, why? Because he was on, he was invited to the president's lunch, so he already had a seat. Yeah,
0: no, but here's here's
1: what I don't get.
0: Yeah, why you?
1: Because like, I, I was I'm very charming and entertaining, and you could tell I was a, a passionate Saints fan. Okay, because when he but t- are there people just giving out tickets to passionate Saints fans? No, that's the thing. So. I because I I was at this party expressly like Limo invited me and I was there expressly to With hit someone purpose. up for getting football. You tickets.
0: were like tonight. this It's is an what AFL I'm here function. For, this like, is the last role. Someone who's got a spare. function. And gonna I'm be, just going to go from person to person. No, it wasn't that. I wasn't
1: that calculated. But when I started talking to the president of the line, it's the guy who got the ass a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name, but he. We were just talking football, and like if you talk to me about football, you could tell that I was legit that I was a big fan and stuff. So when he called Gil over, he was like, this guy's a huge Saints fan. Is there anything we can do? Can I give you my ticket because I'm already on the president's table? And Gil was like, no. And then he turns to me and says, if you're a big Saints fan, name me the last five captains. And so I did that. And then he gave me this secret number to call. And that's how I got my <laughs> AFL tickets. I love it. So about it a month ago. A
0: secret number. Yeah. It's, which, call, by the way. Call his secret number. By the it's, way. 69,
1: 69, 69. <laughs> But I called it the next year as well. Yeah. Because and they changed the number? No, no. Because I couldn't get tickets again for, yeah. the, for the next year. And like, so I was like, I've still got this fucking number. Let's I'm just gonna, roll it. I'm let's gonna, roll the dice. Yeah. See if it's the same number. So I call up and it's the same guy. And he, he must be Gil's like... Uh, like, you know, lieutenant or left hand man or whatever. No, He's Alfred. He, he's, he had a business card. I don't know if yeah. Alfred has a business Alfred card.
0: Alfred would have a business card. But but I, say, Batman. I, Batman, I say, hey, Butler. it's, uh, you
1: know, Charlie. Um, uh, I, uh, I was told I could uh, just get a couple of tickets to the grand final from here. And he's like, Charlie. And he's, he's obviously looking at me up. He's like, no, no, nothing. And I was like, oh, sorry, you probably don't remember. Last year, Gil um, passed on your number. And he's like, yeah, last year. Last year. <laughs> <laughs> and I said... Yeah, so, um, you know, I just uh, – I missed out on the lottery at the Saints and so I just thought – and it was like, sounds like you should get a higher membership grade at St Kilda, doesn't it? <laughs> and that was the click. Click. Uh, so anyway, last month I was on holiday and Gil McLaughlin was there with his family. Oh, on the holiday? On the holiday, yeah, when we are in Broome. And so – I'm at the breakfast table and I see him walking up from the beach with his family and his wife is taking the kids one way and Gil's coming right past me and he locks eyes with me and I lock eyes with him. And he sort of walks past and there was the opportunity to say, Gil, Gil. But I chickened out. I chickened out. I couldn't do it. And then I I saw him I was like, what was I worried about? it's like, well, I was essentially grifting (laughs) an AFL function for football tickets. So is that what I open with? Or do I just say hey Gil
0: we've met a couple of years we met Gil, a few years ago Charlie Clausen from home and away No you don't open with that Gil You like home and away right <laughs> The AFL's all about home and away like the, it's the draw And I've got a TV show on Channel 7, which is your major sponsor. I'm wearing an earpiece, and this is you just feeding stuff to me. (laughs) Uh, uh, okay, Keep going. There's a really good link between mention Home and Away rounds, and then just mention, incidentally, that it's hilarious that you're on a TV show called Home and Away.
1: Gil, you know, it's funny. I've been on Home and Away for three years now, and uh, when you watch the AFL, teams are either playing
0: home or away. Just a little thing I noticed, Will. It's I'm really done. good. I like he what you're doing, doing, doing there. There, like you, you know, there. You've definitely got him. Yeah. Now, what you've got to do is you've got to say to him, uh, like, Sydney is a major market for them. I emphasize the fact that you're from Sydney and that you have an in that market to talk about AFL. Uh,
1: so, uh, you know, I live in Sydney, uh, obviously working on, on Home and Away, and it's a big market. Try not to just repeat things I've said. <laughs> and uh, the thing is... The thing is, Gil, oh... In your own words. Boy, uh, the market that's so big... No,
0: you're really flabbergasted. you um, was just going to talk about the complexity of the Sydney market and getting penetration. The, the thing about the, the market
1: being so big is you want to penetrate it.
0: No, don't totally just, off. No, it's you want you want to suck me off? Just talk, talk, talk about Sydney being a suck it, me off in Sydney. And me, i'll penetrate your market. Talk about Sydney being a celebrity say. culture and you being in the the N- nothing better than a celebrity. Run away, run away. You know. run away. <laughs> club culture, run away. culture right. club. Why Who are you running away?
1: The worst ever fucking sting. You're in a van yelling at me. What the fuck were you talking about? It was very hard to talk to him
0: and listen to you talk at the same time. Will, have you ever tried that? Why don't you put the earpiece in and you go and try to talk to him? I fucking will. I will go and do that. Will? Gil? Gil? Will? I know. Uh, No, I think that you could have definitely, like, I would have, Actually said to him, but I would have done it as a thank you. I would have gone up to him ah, and said, oh, yeah, I "Hey, um, yeah, because a you're both on holiday in Broome, which is a really it's a nice place to go on holiday. You're obviously staying at like a similar place or maybe even the same place, so that immediately think his villa would have been a bit nicer, than right? Mine. But that immediately puts you at least in the same sort of oh yeah, he's a guy who's holidaying in Broome, right? Yeah. okay, thank you. Oh, thank you, baby. Amy brought in some uh, spring rolls. All right. Very nice. uh, uh, (laughs) No, no, I can't edit that because our local uh, takeaway literally calls them spring rolls. (laughs) It's like, how do I order the thing that you call that without sounding really terribly racist? (laughs) I can't eat them on the podcast. Uh, I would say this. Uh, I would say... um, Hey, Gil. Thanks for the tickets. Hey, Gil. uh, I don't mean to interrupt in any way. I know you're on your holidays. Uh, My name's Charlie. Um, I don't expect you to remember this, but we met a few years ago. Uh, I'm a Mads and Gilder fan. I was at an AFL function. Uh, You did a massive, uh, absolutely massive favor. And, um, you know, you got me to call this number. It was, you know, genuinely and, I just want to could say, could I had that number again in about 2018? No, no, t- stop being so fucking <laughs> eager. You're like a person on Tinder who shows their fucking dick on the yeah. first fucking message. Like you gotta do some fucking work here, mate. Yeah. You say, you say, I just like let's say, hey, a uh, big thank you. I said, I'm an actor. I work on uh, Home and Away, and I I tell people that story all the time. And no, they, I thought you were gonna do the the Home and Away season. Oh no, no, like, yeah, like, yeah, no okay. right, but it's was like, like, I tell that story all the time like around the place there's a lot of huge sydney swans fans fans in there we're talking about the swans we talk about gws and we always have a laugh like ray ma in particular has a laugh about the fact that uh he's been on a tv show called home and away for this time and of course your rounds are called the home and away it's i mean anyway i think you're doing a great job uh gil i call it the gillenium you just start riffing (laughs) No topics from my shows. You're like you are a jagged little yeah. Gill. Oh, the gilrus. <laughs> you are showing some real free Gil. Like, what are you doing? <laughs> no, it's like, but I you, love could have, it. you could have done you it. Could
1: in- be, you could be my Sireno. So yeah. we engineer an opportunity for me to meet Gill again. Yeah. And you just whisper things from. I'll be. I'll take Gill out into a balcony.
0: No, on an island, Gilligan's Island. <laughs> All right, so we're going to Cockatoo Island. Cockatoo Island, but you need—Shay, Cockatoo Island, but
1: you need to. You need to uh, I don't think we can do the earpiece thing. I think we need to go more traditional. You need to be in a bush, whispering things to me. So I need to get Gil on a balcony, and you can be yeah. underneath oh, okay, the balcony. Yeah, oh, okay, sure. Yeah, yeah, So we go to Cockatoo Island to that old shed where they always do like you know, we're Red Bull and you know, cool fashion labels have launches and stuff. But we call it Shay Cockatoo Collins Island. <laughs> we call it Shaycock at Dick Collins Island. And we get him on a balcony. It's a function for something. Yeah. And I tell him he looks handsome. Yeah. I say, in this moonlight, uh, you look you look more like Reed Richards than Miles Teller. That's for certain.
0: That's a bit full on for a start, Charlie. <laughs> You're making him feel a bit uncomfortable. Sorry, sorry. I just
1: wanted to say you are a handsome man, much more handsome than the last guy. Compliment the way he's doing his job, not his appearance. You are the hottest dude to ever run the AFL. That's for certain.
0: I give up on you. <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
1: right, let's have a pause while I eat my spring wrap. Okay, I'll go to the bathroom.
0: And we're back. After some delightful elevator music, I'm assuming you've got to put in there. Nah. We didn't Google anything, so I don't put elevator music. Uh, I just put it like back to back. So basically, they just that's hear the ABC me. I don't fucking put like,
1: in elevator music unless it's a Google search. Is right. that your rule? Yeah, that's my yeah, rule. Right.
0: If it's a Google search, I will so put in the elevator music. But the uh,
1: crossover episode we did last week to that's awesome. the that's awesome episode. I put in at least. Four elevator breaks. Oh, did you really? Mainly around the dog shit stuff. (laughs) Because although it was going to... It made me laugh to listen to. I was like, it's not...
0: (laughs) It's not, like, fascinating. But I could have, like... I was explaining it to Justin and he was like, he was like, it's rare that I say this, but I really wish I was there (laughs) because he knows how much of a meltdown that, like the meltdown I had, but because I had the tape of it and because I could have just edited it out or whatever, when I sent it to you, I was like, no, I'll leave it all in. And and I didn't listen back to it. I was just like, (laughs) I I can't listen back, but I'll just leave
1: it. I put in lots of elevator breaks, but then, because, because when I put the second one in, I'm like, put a third one in. I've got to put a fourth one in because then that becomes the joke of that
0: many right. Times now it's like too many times. Yeah. <laughs> I, you know, I always try to be creative for that. In a couple of stories, there's one that I tell about ugly Phil at the live one in Melbourne where yeah, there's a, a lot true. of elevator I was about music. About that the other day. <laughs> I was like, did you do that? Because it's well cut. <laughs> yeah, I did that. <laughs> <laughs> Anyway, so we've got about twenty minutes, like to finish out the episode. So so. pump, pump out some push-ups, do some squats. Okay, uh, tell me about your workout. Are you work? Like, how often are you working out? You're in pretty good shape. About four days a week. And what's your regime? What's your donut
1: regime? I came back from the break a little heavier than I would have liked. From skin folds.
0: Skin folds are up. Yeah. Um, That's how you could have bonded with Gil as well. (laughs) Got to say though, Gil, my skin folds are up. He's like, oh, hang on, this guy knows deep AFL cuts. By the way, a couple of years ago, you gave me a number. Uh, <laughs> and then I rang back the next year. Oh, yeah, my butler told me about that. <laughs> oh, he is your butler. Will will be wrapped. Uh, uh, St
1: Kilda, uh, small forward, Adam Schneider retired on the weekend. The, sh- the Schneider man. The Schneider man. Yeah. And uh, on the same Played for Sydney as well? Played Sydney. For Sydney premiership player for Sydney,
0: played in five grand finals. Um, that's an amazing career, really, for Adam Schneider, yeah, isn't it? T- two hundred
1: and fifty games he played, or close to two hundred and fifty. He's games. a
0: great example of someone who's like done better than he really. He's got the most out of himself, hundred percent. But uh, when 110%. he does, one hundred and ten percent. When he when
1: he does this farewell video, he talks about you know, uh, he does that classic footballer thing of uh, you know going to share a bit of a tear. Oh, you know, mate. it's like I'll talk about the emotion uh, as it's uh, occurring, just so I don't freak you guys out with the. Uh, Shedding a bit of a tear.
0: I'll just acknowledge, yeah, what what's going on? Yeah, I mean, it just reminds me. I won't allow myself to actually feel it, but it rem- reminds me of a scene from my favourite uh, movie, The Shawshank Redemption. <laughs>
1: <laughs> yeah, but he uh, talks about what he's going to miss, and then he does. Oh, about,
0: what will he miss? Oh, he, lighting the, the camaraderie, fire, seeing other
1: players' <laughs> Uh He talks about it's the mateship. Yeah, going going to. They mentioned twice in the in the video, which I think might be a Saints buzzword, is footy war.
0: Going to footy war. Going to footy war. They talk about when you walk out to footy war. Yeah, Uh, I'm in the reserve footy army, (laughs) so I just do two weekends, a few years a month. All I'm saying is, (laughs) give footy peace a chance. (laughs) Why is it always about footy war? Yeah, why is it always about, about footy peace? Yeah, like, all
1: we are, everyone's talking about Lee Matthews, <laughs> Nathan Buckley. <laughs> James Heard won't be heard. <laughs> all we are
0: saying is give footy peace a chance. <laughs> Footy war. What is it good for? Absolutely, <laughs> Absolutely nothing.
1: nothing. Say
0: it again. Footy war.
1: <laughs> so he talked about going going to footy war with his
0: mates, but yeah. he talked about what he won't miss. Mate, does he march every year from now on on Footy Remembrance <laughs> Day? Yeah, it's Grand Final Day. No, it's the Friday before Grand Final. Friday before Grand yeah. Final yeah. Day. Yeah. The dawn service. The Grand Final Parade. Yeah. They play I oh, Win the Saints on the bugle.
1: <laughs> uh,. He talks about what he will miss the least is doing the skinfold test. Yeah. And in Adam Schneider's words, is like, it's not great to front up the club after Christmas has been told you fat. <laughs> <And> I'm like, <laughs> that's exactly what they're telling you. Like, yeah. And then I thought about it. I was like, that's the only profession. Like I don't have to. Like I have to worry about my appearance, in my show. But yeah. no, at any at any stage, a producer has not come up and gone. We
0: need to do skin folds on you. But that would be quite confusing. There would be a point on Home and Away where if you were doing a whole bunch of beach scenes and your character was meant to be like a beachy sort of person, where they might actually say to you, "Hey." I don't know that they would. It's actually not it's not I don't I don't know that they would. What are the what are the bra boys called on Home and Away? The um The River Braxton. Boys. The River Boys, yeah. The river boys. Yeah. If one of the river boys was just fucking tubby, would they be like, hang on. Well the thing, mate, mate if you jumped in the river I, oh, <laughs> there'd I, be a tsunami. I think about like the way the show's run
1: and honestly, like it would be I just don't know that anyone would say that because it it would
0: it's because someone actually
1: has do to say Do they cater? Them?
0: Do you get catering? Uh, on location. Okay. So what sort of catering do they have? You know, like just normal catering. Like what's your standard home and away spread for catering? Well, it changes. Do you eat catering a lot? If you, Yes. If it's on? Yeah, okay. Me oh, too. God. I love catering.
1: I, the th- I will have four courses to breakfast if it's catered. Oh, yeah. Totally. Like, it's, it's the, the I smallest mean, Normally, I, when I'm eating at home, I'll just have like a bowl of... I'm at a free sizzler. Too. I just keep going up. So normally what they do is it's like it's a traditional kind of bacon and eggs, uh, you know, roast tomatoes, kind of hot breakfast.
0: Estemble your own or already Assemble in rolls. your own. So they okay, bring out nice. this kind of trays of yep. stuff. Okay,
1: perfect. I love and it. And then uh, the cereals and things like that. Type it's your Qantas stuff. Lounge style. Then lunch is kind of like – it's normally like four or five options. And so there's salads, there's meats. There's a vegetarian option. Uh, and then after that they bring out dessert. Now dessert is the one – that you got to be careful about.
0: See, interesting that they even have dessert, like for catering. I think, I think, ca- like catering can do without dessert. Like, I don't, don't get me wrong. I like a catering I can't, dessert. I was going to say, you, who are you? But doesn't that seem like something that on a set where people have to look after their appearance, you can get? Yeah, but it's not just for the. I mean, do, for the. But it's you, for you don't have crew. to offer dessert. They can't. They can't rope not, off an area and say actors eat there. You guys get kale. <laughs> the groups can eat whatever the fuck cake they like, cake or kale. No, uh, what I'm saying is, it's not like dessert comes with every meal. Like if I went to your oh, house come on, for no. lunch no, if- and you served me like an entree <laughs> and like a main course and you did not serve dessert, I wouldn't walk away from lunch at your house and like I had lunch at fucking Charlie's and there was no dessert. I would. If you invited me around. For lunch? Yeah. like if, if Do you expect dessert with every fucking meal? Yeah. No. No, dessert is not Dessert's complete. Dessert's a special occasion thing. Apart from breakfast. Do you have dessert at home? uh yes, what? what do you have for dessert? Like you know
1: uh, last night I had uh jam on toast
0: <laughs> <laughs> Are you in prison? <laughs> I'm a 75. Did your family man. save up yeah. to buy you a toaster? So you can have fucking jam on toast for dessert while you drank your hot water? <laughs>
1: Some will would
0: say it's a refined toast. <laughs> jam on toast. Yeah. What's sort on of a jam? Strawberry jam, uh, like standard from the supermarket, or like uh fancy, seasonal, like from a market. Yeah, sort fancy, of thing. fancy yeah. jam. No, I like a homemade jam. I'm, a f- I'm but I, I would not consider but it. I feel de- like I'm not eating toast meal, and jam at like any night. meal
1: after breakfast.
0: You can have dessert with definitely. Man, that's like a person who expects. Like get, get to like me, to that's the... like a person who expects anal all the time. What? For me, dessert is like you're out at a you're having you a fancy a dessert, night out yeah. at a restaurant, or you're like. Yeah, but like I'm really like it's a special occasion thing, dessert, not like yeah. an everyday sort of See, thing. See, I think maybe I was raised in a house where there was no dessert. Oh, and you've just like, you've gone I've the gone other way. nuts.
1: Like it's like that Seinfeld joke where he says, you know, I'm calling my parents to say, you know, I'm spoiling my appetite. I'm going to spoil it again, you know. That's the kind of thing is I never had junk food or anything. And there was a real impulse for me, even now, when I am in a, a different city, I have an impulse to go to McDonald's because I could never go to McDonald's when I was a kid. Right. And then as and head, you're out I'm of like,
0: state and you're like, yeah, I can be naughty. And it's like, it's bizarre. Like what happens on tour? Yeah. And what I mean by that is quarter pounders. Yeah. <laughs> I'm 100%. <laughs> like I will eat
1: like all yeah. kinds of fast food when I'm away from home because I'm like, well, it's not the real Charlie. The real right. Charlie's back in Sydney eating yeah. kale. But on, but tour, on tour Charlie. You can have fried chicken covered in peanut butter with some bacon on top.
0: He'll have a six-pack from KFC served on jam on toast for dessert. I mean, you
1: must have those nights where you're like, there's nothing, I want something sweet and there's nothing in the house. And so you concoct. That's when you invent fucking banana, banana, cinnamon and sugar toast or something like that. Where you just start putting stuff together and covering
0: it in sugar and going, that tastes all right. Well, I talked about it in a show years ago, but Hilo, which was my one. Hilo. Which is like, yeah, Hilo. I called it Hilo because it's Milo mixed with uh, cream. So if you have any cream, oh, that's a great idea, and then you mix it into a paste like, <laughs> with the Milo. My eyes just rolled back to their right. whites. But particularly if it's like a clotted cream, like a market cream, a fancy Yum. cream, and then you mix it with the Milo, and then you just eat How it as a paste. How bad is that for you? Well, I imagine very bad, <laughs> but it's delicious. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, that was one of my sort of like MasterChef moments where you're like, you're stoned and you can't get to a shop and it's like you suddenly your pantry is the mystery box and you've got to combine two random ingredients into a delicious new food. I remember the mum and I, when I was a kid, we would make banana honey and cream sandwiches. Yeah. <laughs> like, that's just... I mean, I as an adult have probably eaten way more, disproportionately more, like probably hundreds of more chip sandwiches than I ever did as a kid. Like, you know what people always talk about? Do you, eat, do you really about, eat chip sandwiches. Oh, I what was the I last love time you had a chip sandwich. Oh, mate, like a fresh roll with some butter. And then just some fucking chips in it. What kind of chips? Potato chips. Yeah, I mean, Like Smith's flavor? chips. Like just Smith's oh, so just standard potato fucking flavored. potato chips, yeah. Are you serious? Maybe some of that Japanese mayo. You know, the special Japanese mayo. Do you ever put any greenery in there? Why am I going to spoil this moment? <laughs> <laughs> Might add some salt because there's probably not enough salt You're in it You're
1: fucking room. kidding me. It's taste. You
0: don't add salt. I had salt on my Vegemite toast this morning. I was at a cafe and I was having Vegemite on Turkish toast and I put some salt on top of it for more salt flavour.
1: Vegemite.
0: I see, Will. You and I were not that different. You (laughs) like salty, I like
1: sweet. But you know... (laughs) We're sort of striving towards the same thing, you and I.
0: Oh, no, I love sweet as well. I mean, I'm a real dessert. Like, I'm a real cake and slices and all those sort of things. I'm just not like an everyday... Like No, but you're person. an everyday salter, right? Yeah, I am an everyday salter.
1: Everyday sweeter. I am your Joker right? your Batman. We're salt and pepper. Don't no, we're salt banter. and sugar. Yeah, we're sweet and sour. <laughs> that ABC show from
0: the 80s. That James, David Rain was in.
1: Life can be sweet and sour, but I am in control. Tell,
0: Can you remember what Sweet and Sour was about? It was about a band, right? Wasn't it the life of a band? <laughs> there's, there's a point in which my memory of Sweet and Sour
1: gets confused with my memory of Pugwall. So, <laughs> I know they're both about bands, where the band song is in the opening titles. Nobody tells me what to do. No, <laughs> not me. Nobody tells me what to say. Can't you see? If there's a dream, I'm going to make it. If there's a chance, I'm going to take it. Dun, 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 dun. With drums a-thumping. Ba, 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 ba. <laughs> Bass player pumping. Ba, keyboards and me on my guitar. <laughs> Do you not remember Pod War? Did keyboards not get their own moment? Yeah, is
0: a, uh, Cause like all the drums those, are
1: thumping, bass, bass play bass player pumping, keyboards and me on my guitar. Yeah, bumping. but it
0: feels like keyboards are just like a, and me on my guitar. Like, did keyboards get a little moment? Because it feels like drums and bass got their own it's fucking. It's all that moment. syncopation. Whereas keyboards, if you were
1: a real rhyme spitter, you'd know why that what that was about, man.
0: But did the keyboards play over the bit where he was talking <laughs> about keyboards? I mean, I just it want to know. The drums are thumping, bass player pumping, do doo 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 Keyboards and me on my. No, because then it comes no, into his it was solo. Just his guitar. Yeah. So keyboards is just like. Fuck you, Pugwall. <laughs> keyboards got yada yada in the Pugwall fucking band. Yeah. Yeah, Sweet and Sour, there was like a guy and a girl, is what I remember. And, and I remember Spiky Hair in pink. Yeah, she had Spiky Hair. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely.
1: I wonder who was in Sweet and Sour. Was it? Must it might be someone famous.
0: I th- Wasn't it David Ray? Yeah. One of what the what the, who
1: were the girls? Wasn't it two girls? Oh. My name. is
0: Okay, <laughs> we have got to Google it. I will put some elevator music in for this. Do we, will we even find a Wikipedia entry for this? sweet and well, that'll be an interesting test of the internet. At what point are we in our development of the universal conscious mind that we have a Wikipedia page about the ABC TV series Sweet and Sour? I mean, this is a test. All right, here we go. <clears throat> sweet and was it s- sweet and sweet and sour ABC TV series will Sweet be
1: probably... Sour. 84
0: TV series. Here yeah, we here we
1: go. See? World on the internet. Sweet and Sour was an Australian television series that screened on the ABC in 1984. It was created by Tim Gooding and Joanna Piggott and was then produced internally for the ABC by Jan Chapman, who is a movie producer Okay, now. nice. Do uh, you yeah. some quick facts? Sweet and Sour. Uh, the genre, 80s music drama developed by the ABC department, starring Tracy Mann.
0: Okay. A lot of man
1: in this. David Rain, There's Chapman. There's Tracy Mann. David Rain, Sandra Lillington, Lillingston. Uh-huh. Archie Michael. That's not a real name?
0: Archie Michael feels to me like someone who has some other things going on. Yeah, he does.
1: He's got a hyperlink.
0: Yeah. Do you want me to hit it? Yeah, I want to know what Archie Michael. I feel like Archie Michael. Archie Michael
1: is an Australian actor and writer who is best known for his ro- role as Fulvio Friend, friend Jam- Fulvio Fulvio Jamel- oh my god you know it just rolls off the tongue Fulvio his best known, <laughs> he's best known as Fulvio in the te- television drama series Rafferty's Rules I know him he's oh, the dark darker guy that's that the right glasses.
0: yeah he's Fulvio from Rafferty's Rules Archie Michael was he comedian as well I love that we just repeated those oh, things yeah. it's as if like saying them just makes them true there's, that's all. But yeah, but that was his moment. No, he was he was like the, he was Rafferty's assistant or the like. Yeah, the, that's cu- right. the court's clerk or whatever in Rafferty's Rules. Okay. So the main
1: storyline of Sweet and Sour followed the efforts of a fictional band, The Takeaways. Oh, The
0: Takeaways. Sweet and Sour Takeaway. <laughs> <laughs> that, that's a joke that I never got at the time. <laughs> I didn't get that either. Uh, the,
1: the Takeaways as they try to break into the Sydney music scene. Okay, nice. And then, this is a quote, the takeaways have so far eluded commercial success. Okay. That's a soft public press release. No, they're underground though. The takeaways have so far eluded commercial success. However, negotiations are presently underway for the band to sell their story to a prominent TV station and really clean up. Okay. So that's the, I guess that's the plot. That's the plot.
0: That's how you did it back in the day. You sold your story to a TV station and you Mm. cleaned up. Okay, so the plot and cast. In mid-1983, a
1: Sydney band called The Takeaways is formed. Initially, it consists of Carol Howard, okay. Martin Cable, and George Pulop- Pul- Pulopoulos. Oh, God. <laughs> out of all the Greek listeners, Pulopoulos. Yeah, Pulopoulos. I'm so sorry. I'm terrible at this. But I can say I love you, which is sagebo in Greek. It means I love you.
0: Carol Howard. They're chose- not listening to our podcast. They're all listening to Toe Fogs Out of Work. <laughs>
1: Carol Howard, Tracy Mann, is, uh-huh. an, is an attractive vocalist and novice guitarist from Melbourne. Yep. She's pursued an acting career with little success. Yep. Wait a minute. Mm. Sounds <laughs> feels familiar. But is now focused on her music. Not so familiar. <laughs> Carol wrote her first song on the train to Sydney. That's a weird fact to include in the bio. Martin Cable, David Rain is an established, albeit unsuccessful, guitarist. Because
0: at the time, David Rain was like little so. James Rain was like was this Australian like famous call. Australian singer, like a really like popular Australian, call. Australian. Well, yeah. Band, yeah, yeah. And then he had like a solo album, and it had been really popular. And David Rain was like his good-looking little brother. Yeah, exactly.
1: Got a hammer here. I'll live on a cone. <laughs> uh,
0: uh, right, <coughs> uncanny <clears throat> X Men. Another Ma-
1: band Martin the- Cable is an established, albeit unsuccessful, guitarist who wants to branch out from his current band. He would like to sing his own songs. Yeah. Martin gets his chance with the takeaways. Okay, cool. George Porpolis... Paulopoulos. <laughs> George Polopoulos, <laughs> is more interested in playing soccer for the Combined Hellenic Travel Agents. Uh-huh. Comic relief, yep. immediately. But re- reluctantly joins to play bass. He learns how to play at the band's first practice session. Slowly, first practice session, he learns how to play bass. Oh, you've got to plan better than that. If, you want to, if the takeaways want to take over the world, don't get
0: a bass player who has never played until his first rehearsal. Mate, you can pick up bass in half a day. Big call. It's the easiest of all the instruments. Can you play it? Could. By tomorrow, <laughs> if I put my mind to it. He learns how to play bass in the band's first practice session. Biggest decision in playing bass literally is whether you play high bass or low bass because you can't b- play bass at its usual height. That's the one thing about being a bass player. You either have to have your bass up really high or you have to have your bass down low. Are you connected via best- Sensate to Paul McCartney? To flee <laughs> yeah. from... Uh, no, it's like it's like it, 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 I, I'm joking a little bit, but like you'll notice that in most of the famous bands, the bass player either has a very low style or a very high style. Yeah, right. It, bass is one of those things that apparently is just completely uncool to play it at the appropriate level. <laughs> but I would play it at that level, and I'd nail it in half a day.
1: Daryl Winters, Rick Herbert sees a quick dollar to be made as their manager. Daryl talks the talk and tries to walk the walk. Okay, well at
0: least he tries.
1: He often sets people a- don't walk the walk at all when they talk the talk. He sets out to organise their first gig, a backyard barbecue, exclamation mark. Fortunately, better gigs followed in various Sydney pubs. Okay. Their first jam session are an old boot factory. Oh god, we don't want to go through the whole thing, do we? Yep. Oh really? Okay. I want lot-
0: to hear about I don't even want to even hear about their jam session. I want to hear about their toast and jam session. Meanwhile, Christine Yates, Sandra
1: Lillingston, breaks into their house and rather than turn her into the police, they offer. A
0: spot the band. <laughs> See, that's why we had to keep going. <laughs> you know what? Man, Fantastic. This is their version of the Mighty Ducks. You and know, you have to coach my pee wee hockey league.
1: It's a, it's about rehabilitation, not incarceration. Yeah. Okay. Christine's father, legendary 1960s saxophonist Shrug Yates. Oh yeah, I've played by Martin Vaughan. Yeah. Taught her to feel music while playing the sax. Okay. You know it's in the 80s because there's a band where someone plays the, the sax, sax <laughs> and they feel it. Christine sings lead vocals in some songs. Gone from breaking and entering to the lead singer. I mean, it's... Initially, they play their gigs using a from drum machine. From rhyme to rhyme. Until Johnny Black, played by Robin Cop. <laughs> I don't know. Which is the character name and which is the real name? Johnny Black, Robin Cop.
0: <laughs> one's like his character's name and one's like the description of his character. Robin <laughs> Cop. <laughs> That's his real name, Robin Cop.
1: He's an established drummer. Six months later, The takeaways released an independent single. What's the song called? Sweet and sour. Bingo. And await the pressing of their first album. They meet recording executives and media personalities, including... Now, if you're going to get a cameo on a show in the 80s... Uh, Molly Meldrum? Oh, you're so good at this. And... A musical oh. artist who also is kind of fits into that exact genre. And... Moved into acting and probably f- the last time you saw him was very famous for mounting a certain musical again and again.
0: Oh, uh, okay. So he met mounting a certain musical. In uh, 80s to... to yeah. in,
1: into the 90s he was still kind of... He was on a show in the nineties that was ran for at least a few years. Frankie J. Holden. <laughs> no, You'll kick yourself. You'll kick yourself oh,
0: no. when I say it was John English. Ah oh, of course! <laughs> yeah, well, you know what? I gave you plenty the, of clues. The same show over and over should have been the clue, but instead it was the thing that I was like, what who is that? Yeah. You forgot
1: all about altogether now, didn't you? I did. Where that wacky hippie gets together with his kids.
0: And Stephen Jacobs. Yeah. Who later on went on to be a weatherman. Yeah. Former what actor was the, Stephen what Jacobs. Was the premise
1: of Oh, that's another Wikipedia
0: that session. All together now. Time. You know, I don't know.
1: Okay, so they undertake a tour of Melbourne to promote the single. So I'm assuming it was shot down there. There's some romantic tension between Carol and Martin, and between George and Christine. Okay. Martin is brash and confident, but his lothario image is belied by his naivety when he deals with female music executive played by Megan Williams. Okay. Daryl starts to believe his own PR and eventually becomes more interested in his music video career than the band. Manipulation by music industry insiders sees both Martin and Carol tempted by solo deals. Eventually, the group splits. Fuck. The outer cover of the first soundtrack album shows the takeaways in a similar pose to the inner cover photo. It's odd detail.
0: (laughs) But has them We are officially running out of things to write
1: about this show. We are now describing what we see. It is a hot day in my room as I write this. But has them as the photo in the I have eleven cats. (laughs) The outer cover of their first soundtrack album shows the takeaways in a similar pose to the inner cover photo, but has them as neon outlines, whereas the second soundtrack has the same neon outlines, but with a reverse design. The neon outlines were also animated and used on their first promo video. And there's a YouTube link if anyone is. Interested. I
0: remember uh, the Sweet and Sour kind of. It was the logo also of the kind of the TV show. It was a yeah. very iconic.
1: Very fluoro. Very fluoro. Um, there's no one else. The TV series launched the career of David Rain who won a 1985 uh, Best New Talent Logie which is Australian Emmy. He won the Best New Talent Logie. Yeah, in 1985. David Rain. Look year at that after sweet and sour blue <laughs> other dramas off the screen. Um, they say the reason he won it was his charismatic portrayal of Martin contrasted with introvert George played by Archie Michael. Wow. So really he owes that Logie half that Logie he got the still. little
0: uh, Archie Michael bump
1: yeah I yeah. mean he's got a lot to Archie for <laughs> I mean Archie had to ask him some questions
0: <laughs> I love that you've kept digging
1: <laughs> I need to ask you, ask
0: you why you didn't thank me when you won your Logie man I enjoyed his rap career as Archie Ark <laughs> I jumped on board yeah <laughs>
1: I liked it when he did that duet with uh, Noah Taylor and they called it Noah's <laughs> Shut up. Okay. Uh, musicians and songwriters. Numerous Australian and uh, Kiwi musicians and songwriters were involved in the series. Okay. This, the title song of the series, Sweet and Sour, was written by Sharon O'Neill. Okay. Who also recorded uh, the song in 1997 as In Control. Wow. Like a good four years later, she re-released it. Deborah Conway from Do Re Mi, yep. was actor Tracy Mann's singing voice and sang the hit song Sweet and Sour. Oh, okay. The song's lyrics relate to the self-empowerment in the face of life's vagaries. Life can be sweet and sour but I am in control. It can chill me to the bone. Give me wings to fly on my own. Oh. That's a nice message. Yeah, that is a nice message. Uh, the music was directed by Martin It was inspired Alexander. by a DMT experience. <laughs>
0: yeah. <laughs>
1: Uh, list of recordings, bands to feature. Tommy Emmanuel, of course oh, okay. he did. Of course he did. Chris Bailey of the Angels and Ganga Jang. Yeah. Eric McCusker. Red Simons. Yeah. Appeared as... Uh, oh, no. He was a songwriter on it. Todd yep. Hunter. Rick Grossman. Tony Buchanan. Billy Thorpe and the Aztecs. Reg Mombasa. Wow. The soundtrack, when album went platinum, it sold 70,000 copies. If that came out today, that'd be like... Number one. Platinum. For like half a year. Wow. Um, they did a cross-promotion with... Uh, Countdown with Ian Molly Meldrum they actually played the actors played the band on Countdown Oh, that's good integrated marketing yeah.
0: yeah it was on the ABC too that's I mean that would have freaked the fuck out of Molly though he wouldn't have known what was Could going on well, <laughs> Molly <laughs> barely knew what was going on at the best of times on fucking Countdown yeah. and now there's a pretend band yeah it's like am I sitting at home on the couch watching this or am I, th- I in front of a live stream I think people just this? would have been like let's not explain it to Ian Let's just let him roll with whatever he thinks it is. Unfortunately, this series is currently unavailable on video
1: DVD or online. Oh, no. But the ABC advises that, quote, due to copyright restrictions, this program is unavailable for sale as it was produced on a broadcast basis only, thus restricting the ABC commercial from selling the material. There are no plans to rebroadcast this program. Now, you're making a show about a band. Firstly, I'm no big city lawyer. (laughs) But if I'm making a show for a band, when I am getting the rights to the music, I would want to make sure that we had those rights for any future releases. I mean, is the producer of the show going, there'll be no medium after television. This is where it ends. Are you sure we don't want to sort of get rights for any future technologies that might be? No. No. Guys,
0: let's cash in our chips now. I'm telling you. I'm telling you. We have peaked with television. You know what it really is, though? It's mostly probably just the ABC going, how many people would buy this shit if we printed it? (laughs) Yeah, it's going to be a lot. I mean, who is sitting around going, I'd really like to rewatch Sweet and Sour. I bet that holds up. Yeah. There's someone in
1: the boardroom saying, we've got this idea to get a stenographer to come in and uh, transcribe. (laughs)
0: Charlie get appointed to the ABC (laughs) board look I know there's been massive budget cuts to all the major political programs but we really think that if we re-release 1984's hit like because David Rain's a big star now yeah we cash in on that yeah and really has life ever been more
1: sweet or sour than it is right now and this is the ABC we're balanced yeah we show both sweet and sour it may chill you to the bone ladies and gentlemen to hear this information right but it also may give you wings Have your own and then I drop
0: the mic <laughs> who is that guy and how did he get into the boardroom <laughs> and why does he have a mic we don't have a mic at these meetings did he bring his own mic in just for that and then the camera pans left and I'm stuck at the door because I can't quite open it no now you
1: push it push it to open push Mate, to open push you, it to open you've come back for the mic you're like All right,
0: this is literally my own mic
1: I have to <laughs> I actually borrowed it off well I gotta get it what? A, I a he's getting someone around to record a
0: faux fop so uh, alright yeah. well okay we've done enough um <laughs>
1: And that is the commitment to high-quality entertainment that we have for you, our listeners. Yeah, we've done enough. (laughs) That is the Adam Sandler philosophy to his fans. I basically stood in front of the camera and they rolled, you got a movie, all right? That is the contract we have with you, loyal listeners. We've done enough.
0: (laughs) Faux proudly bringing you the bare minimum. (laughs) Uh, I have some shows Uh, I'm in Perth uh, on the 9th and 10th of October doing Free Will it's the last two nights of that Um, uh, Justin Hamilton is in the best form of his life he should come out and see those shows that'd be really cool and I'm doing Political Will um, uh, at the Giant Dwarf uh, Theatre in Sydney in November Uh, Charlie and I will be at the LA Podcast Festival if you want to watch the live stream put in the code TOFOP T-O-F-O-P in there and we get a little kickback from that that'd be really cool Uh, you get a period of time after the festival that you can watch the it's really good I did it last year forgot yeah, to put awesome. in our code but and it stays up for like a couple of weeks after the it's a really good opportunity well, to see so it yeah. and you can actually watch us live if you've got the live stream and stuff so that'd be really cool and of course if you are in LA come out and see the show yeah it's gonna be huge we've got some fun ideas yeah and possibly a courtroom <laughs> <laughs> I'm Charlie Clausen I'm Will Anderson <laughs>